ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Friday, September 25th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite holds true great taste. It's only 96 calories, and it is the original light beer. We got a lot to get into. Lots of resumption of play going to be happening here in the next few weeks. We've got a kickoff time change for the Thundering Herd. We got to recap what happened in the NBA. We're looking ahead, of course, to what's going to happen on, well, on Sunday. The Bengals are in action. We've got so much. We're going to try to get to all of it. I promise we'll give it our very best. Plus, we've got high school football action in the state of West Virginia tonight. Our primary focus is going to be Huntington High on the road taking on Parkersburg. We're going to have that broadcast for you right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So, I thought I was going to lead off with at least talking maybe about maybe a game cancellation or the Pac-12 and the Mountain West. I wanted to talk about those. And I thought, well, those were pretty important stories, but I think I've got to talk about another story, and I need a soundtrack for this. I really do. Because per Brett McMurphy, the Mid-American Conference has voted to play six games They're going to have a six-game schedule starting in November. And I need a little music for this. Do you know this? This is the perfect soundtrack for my Friday. Because the Mac is back. Take it in for a second. Maction is coming back. That means those weird Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night college football games. Yeah, this makes me feel better already. Soak it in a little bit. Soak it in. Perfect soundtrack for your Friday because it's the return of the Mac. Forget that Pac-12 stuff. Forget that Mountain West stuff. No, no, no. It's the Mac. This feels good, doesn't it? College football's back finally. Forget the SEC. Forget that. No, that that's not the return of football. No, no, no. I mean, you lied to me, Mac. You said you weren't playing. You lied to me. Why did Mac lie to me? The Mac said we're not playing football this year. They lied to me. But no, they made up for it. Feeling good? Feeling good. And plus, I get an excuse to play this on a Friday. Yeah. Mac is back. I'm not sure when the basketball schedule is going to look. I'm thinking November for that as well is what I'm hearing. 
but the Mid-American Conference is going to be starting in November. That means just in time for November Maction. Get that non-conference stuff. No, we don't, we don't care about that. No. We only want Maction. Maction every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Because, honestly, even though football should never be played on a Wednesday night in college, it makes sense. Yeah, Return of the Mac. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about my Friday. You can join the program as well. You can feel good about your Friday. You can find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. Yeah, the Pac-12, they're going to play a seven-game conference football season beginning November 6th. That comes out yesterday. This is a reversal of their announcement early August that they would postpone all sports until at least January 1st. The Mount West also announcing yesterday that it would play an eight-game football season starting with the weekend of October 24th. All that's inconsequential, though. It is. I mean, they're great. They're playing the Pac-12. They're going to contend for college football playoffs. That's what their goal is. And they're not going to have fans attend games on Pac-12 campuses. They'll revise and uh, revisit in January. Football season can commence on November 6th, and conference championships will be played on December 18th. It's going to be a seven-game conference-only schedule. And the Pac-12 has not received an indication it would be ineligible for the college football playoffs. So there's that. That's probably the reason why the Pac-12 is jumping in. It's a revenue issue. They might say it's not a revenue issue. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know why? Yeah, return of the Mac. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good. The Mac is back. That means we can preview the Bobcats. We can talk about the Bobcats all the time now. I mean, imagine that. The Bobcats are back. Their herd's playing. Too bad it's only a six-game schedule. We can see the Bobcats and the herd get back together. That would have been something. If the Bobcats would be able to play a schedule that included one non-conference game. I know it's a little too late now. They're going to have to stick with their conference slate. But at the same time, Everybody's back now, except for a few teams, including Old Dominion. So Old Dominion, Old Dominion's out, a couple other teams, and that's it. Everyone's back. We've got college football back in some form. And a lot of this has to do, of course, with the fact that rapid testing has happened. That has been a push for several months now. And that's key because you want to put these kids out there on a football field, interacting with other student-athletes from a different university, you want to make sure that you have rapid testing. One, to make sure that you're clean. Two, it guarantees the other team is clean as well because they're going to have to adhere to the same standard. If you're playing Marshall, if you're coming into Huntington and you're playing Marshall, if you're a non-conference opponent, you're going to have to go with the Conference USA testing protocol, which across the board is almost uniform. I'm sure there's a slight variation here or there, but it's pretty uniform. And so far, for the most part, 
for the most part, it's worked. There are a few exceptions, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into what happened last night, look ahead to the weekend as well. But the big story here is the Pac-12, the Mountain West, announcing resumption of their football season, and it's the return of the MAC. We'll get more details as the MAC releases information on their return to play. But uh, according to at least Brett McMurphy and some other sources, six-game schedule starting in November. We'll get your phone calls in, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We've got more on the way. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Paul Swan, your host for today's edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. It's been a glorious day so far. We've had the start of Maction once again. The Mac is back. Also, the Pac-12, the Mountain West, announcing their resumption of football. So we have got that. The only programs in FBS right now that are not playing this fall, New Mexico State, UConn, and Old Dominion. So those are the only three programs that will not play some sort of football. But you still got to be careful because COVID-19 has been an issue. And Georgia State is postponing its game at Charlotte due to COVID-19 positive cases. Georgia State indicating out of abundance of caution, postponing the game at Charlotte due to contact tracing and COVID-19 positive test. So now, don't know if they're going to be able to reschedule that game or if it's going to be made up. It was set for noon on ESPNU, so there's another game down. And again, you're getting point, you're getting close and close to that point where it's now going to be conference only. Unless you can squeeze a game in. I mean, I think the group of five will have a little bit more flexibility because the SEC not playing anybody other than SEC schools. ACC did their schedule plus one. You know, the Big 12 did their schedule. You know you're not going to see anything out of the Big 10. And I guess really the Big 10 was the big domino. The others said, hey, we're going to wait and see how this goes, and we're just going to we're going to start later, and we're just going to roll. Conference USA is like, fire the torpedoes, all, all of them. We're going. Full steam ahead. We're just plowing through this COVID-19 blockade. Just, just go ahead. Fire everything. We're going right through it. And at the same time, Conference USA has been, for the most part, I think pretty smart on how they've handled everything. Look, we're going to give our conference members the opportunity to to make their non-conference schedule as, as they see fit. There will be some standards and some guidelines. And, of course, I mean, we've seen just now Georgia State postponing their game at Charlotte, but that's a Georgia State issue because, again, of COVID-19. And we've seen member institutions have to postpone games because of COVID-19. So far, it hasn't hit for the thundering herd. That's been lucky as far as the immediate game. Like, you're getting ready for game day, and then a couple days before, hey, we're having a postponement. Rice went ahead and went early on that, hey, we can't play right away. And so Marshall's been trying to find a replacement. Look, it's Friday right now, and Marshall won't be playing until October the 10th. 
And unless something comes out here in the next few minutes, I don't see Marshall playing anyone next week. I don't think there's going to be an announcement on Monday. The latest Sunday, maybe. Maybe Marshall makes that announcement. It says, look, we've worked hard. We've got someone. We're, we're going to be scrambling, but here we are. We're going to be playing. We'll play on Saturday. It's going to be a late game. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it could happen. There could be a rearrangement of the schedule. But at the same time, there could be games added later on in the schedule, or you just go with what you go with. Because the NCAA is making it easier for you now. If you have a problem with getting your your required amount of games in to, to be bowl eligible, well, the Division I Football Oversight Committee recommended waiving the requirements for bowl eligibility for the 2020-21 bowl season. To be eligible for postseason bowl, a team must meet the criteria to consider a deserving team, which is generally defined as having a 500 overall record against FBS opponents. The recommendation would eliminate that requirement for the 2020-21 season. Now, postseason games could be played December 1st through January 11th of next year. Schools must continue to meet academic progress rate requirements for postseason eligibility. The committee's recommendation requires approval by the Division I Council, which is scheduled to meet October 13th and 14th. So that's what's happening there. So let's say Marshall's over 500, but maybe seven games. Over 500, seven games, they're bowl eligible. There's going to be a little bit more of a fight now for some of those bowl spots because almost everyone's playing. Almost every team, every institution, almost everyone is back playing football. So that's going to ease up a little bit of the, okay, we got more bowls and we've got teams. Well, that's not the case anymore. You got more teams and bowls, but that's getting closer to being, you've got more bowls and teams again. That's, that's, that's the reality. It's, there's a bowl every year, it feels like. So now... You work the schedule. I mean, how many of these bowls are actually going to take place? That's the other question, and that's a big one. The big ones are going to take place. You know it. The football committee will meet. The big bowls will happen. Rose Bowl is going to happen in some form. You know those games are going to happen. Some of these other bowls, some of these other games, are they going to happen? Because what's the point of a bowl if you've got limited to no fans? I mean, think about that. What's the point? Where do you draw the line? Like, okay, we're going to have a bowl. Why are you going to this destination? Well, you, you reward for the kids, okay, and opportunity to bring in new people to this area, to this region, to this location. I mean, it's that was the whole point. The bowls were not this, hey, let's give these kids an opportunity. It's, you know what, we need to promote our products, thus the Cotton Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl. We need to promote sugar. How can we promote sugar? Let's have a football game, and we'll play it and call it the Sugar Bowl. Okay, I know. That's that's sort of a really, really condensed version of how that really happened. But the bowls are a way to attract you to their destination because you're going to follow your favorite college football team. You're going to follow your team, and you're going to spend money in the hotels, and you're going to spend money at touristy spots. You're going to eat the restaurants. You're going to go out do things. You know you're going to spend money when you go to a bowl. Now, some people have gotten smart and just fly in, stay the night, go to the game, come back. The For the conscious of you, for the financially conscious of you at least, 
But that's where we're at right now. We have teams that are going to be trying to be eligible for bowls. We're going to have teams that are going to be trying to be eligible for the football playoff. I mean, Marshall goes undefeated. They're in the conversation. And if they remain ranked, they're in the conversation for one of those access bowl bids, right? I mean, that's not the only reason why you're playing. The kids want to play. The athletic directors feel that their student-athletes are going to be safer with them than out on their own. And so far in Marshall's case, that is the truth. The protocols have worked. Some other places, maybe not so much. And it's very hard to keep these kids 100% safe without sacrifice. And you've heard us talk to these guys. I mean, they understand it. They get it. Okay, if we don't do these things, we don't get to do this thing. And this thing is more important than these things. So we're going to... We'll see you. We'll see you later. We're going to play football. We're going to do what we need to do to play football. Some some kids have got the right attitude and they get a great attitude about it because they know there's a lot being put into them having a season. So that's where we're at right now, at least in Conference USA. A team isn't going to be playing. And that's Old Dominion. And then the game that was scheduled for Saturday was Charlotte. That's not going to happen with Georgia State now because again COVID nineteen and that's going to continue. We're going to have. I believe every week there's going to be a game that is going to be called off here in at least the foreseeable future because of COVID-19 concerns. Once we get into conference, even then, you would think it would be the same now. You would think that there would be an adherence to the protocol. Each school's different. So we're seeing some schools do better with the protocol than others I mean, poor Houston, they can't buy a break with other schools. Marshall and Houston are not playing, by the way. I know. That was that was fronted to me today as a possibility. What do you think? Marshall and Houston? No. Marshall's not going to Houston. Houston's not coming to Huntington. No, that's not happening. Thanks for playing. Uh, look around for some other games that will make a little bit more sense because I don't think the Herd's traveling unless it as a program has to. I don't think the Herd's traveling uh, to Texas. I mean, I could be wrong, and if we find out here in the next few hours or at least a couple of days, you know what? The herd's traveling. So be it. More on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our phone lines this hour are brought to you by Miller Lite at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-TALK. 8255. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Let's go to the phones. Checking in from Barbersville. We've got John. Go ahead. You're on The Drive. Hey, Paul. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Hey, uh, I kind of had some thoughts, and I've been kind of kicking this back and forth in my head, you know, when I watch football week to week, and then I see um, what teams or what conferences are deciding to play, and most of them got a seven to eight game schedule, which is a conference schedule. So when I look at somebody like Marshall that's a top 25 team now, okay, they're going to have an eight-game schedule. Uh, the toughest part of their schedule, in my opinion, is coming up where they got Western Kentucky, uh, Louisiana, and then FAU, right? That's the next three games if nothing gets postponed, right? Yeah, next games are Western Kentucky on the 10th, Louisiana Tech on the 17th, both those games on the road, and then FAU will be at home on the 24th. Okay, so let's say the herd runs the table and goes 8-0. All right, which I think is a very, very strong possibility given the small sample size that we've had so far. 
here's my problem with NCAA football as a whole. You have teams like Alabama, Georgia, and I know people are going to argue because oh, they're top five, they're perennial powers, or power five conferences. You know, Alabama could go play eight games, go four and four, probably still be in the top ten, and probably still go to a daggone high paid high paid bowl like the Sugar Bowl or whatever. We know that's a possibility to happen. So what happens to a team like Marshall? Let's say that they do lose maybe two or three games, and they end up going, you know, five and three or something like that. Does that knock them out of a bowl? I mean, is there going to be a Gasparilla Bad Boys Mower Bowl? You know what I mean? I mean, how is that fair to teams like Marshall and other non-power fives that, you know, have had a good year, didn't get the full schedule, and if they don't play all these bowl games, what happens to them? I think the conferences would step in and make sure that their top-tier teams would get the bowl bids as they're agreed to, because some of this are still going to be conference agreements. I think that's when you don't have an eligible team from your conference to step in. So Alabama's not going to swipe a bowl spot for Marshall, even though they're 4-4. Four and four. But if there are a few shortages as far as maybe some games not being played, there might be some lower-level teams that might get aced out of a spot. But... I think the conferences would step in and make their partners or at least hold their partners to their agreements that, okay, look, we promised a Conference USA team here for this bowl spot. Unless you're doing some spot trading, we have got these teams, and by the committee and by the regulations, they are bowl eligible. So I don't think Marshall's going to get aced out of a spot. Uh, I mean, it's it's fair to say, hey, could, could Marshall – lose a couple of games and maybe not go to a, a, a high-tier bowl or at least a better bowl in the hierarchy, yeah, that's a possibility. But I don't think uh, the conference, unless the conference drops the ball, uh, you're not going to lose too many bowl spots if unless the bowl just doesn't happen. And then I think if it's a tie-in game, a Conference USA game you're tied into, you lose that spot, uh, that's probably going to be on the conference to scramble, see where uh, it can maybe do some horse trading. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, in my mind – what you shoot for this year, if you got, a, you know, I mean, Marshall has a good team. Uh, the Cotton Bowl is, you know, uh, 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 that, if I'm correct, that's a big one for Conference USA, right? You win, you win out, you win the conference, you're undefeated. You're, you're probably going to the Cotton Bowl, correct? I, I again, that's that's a good question. I I don't want to hazard a guess here because I don't know what the the bowls are going to try to do. Years. Yeah, I mean, it, let's play if. Knowing Marshall, if Marshall doesn't get an access bowl, Marshall's going to Florida. I mean, this is right. yeah, Marshall's <laughs> just going to Florida. Yeah, let's just go ahead and say it right now. If Marshall doesn't get into an access bowl, Florida. Herd's going to Florida. Oh yeah, we're going to Boca Raton. Yeah, we're going to Boca. We're going to Boca again. <laughs> yeah, I mean we, we we all know that Doc loves that place and you know but that's but that's the thing though. I mean, who's the I mean, the Boca Raton Bowl in past years have had what, you know, fifteen, twenty thousand tops? You know, come to a game. I mean, I don't think there's really much. I mean, maybe twenty. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm just shooting off the top of my head here and guessing. But you know, I mean, it's not a it's not a high draw for attendance. Uh, it's it's a vacation bowl for a lot of people in West Virginia. I'd love to go down to Boca Raton in January. Heck, there's not a better place to be. So you know, I, I would love to see something like that stick around. Um, I, I think we're better than that this year. Uh, but you know, let's let's say that it doesn't go our way, and you know, Boca Raton or something like that is our best guess. Who's to say that it doesn't get? It's not one of those bowls that gets scrapped. And I would hate that. <laughs> I would too. I'd hate to to see Marshall have a good season and not get an opportunity to bowl. But I really believe Marshall's not going to have to worry about that. I don't think Western Kentucky is going to be that good of a, a a matchup. To be honest, 
I, I don't think yeah. FAU and FIU are going to be all that good. I think Marshall. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb. I will be disappointed if Marshall doesn't go undefeated in conference. I would be that disappointed because I think Marshall's got a better team than the remaining teams on the schedule. I really do. I do. Louisiana Tech is the one you circle. Yeah, that'll be a There's challenge. No yeah, that's fair. If Marshall gets beat by them, that's fair. I wouldn't be too disappointed. I would be disappointed, but not not because Louisiana Tech's a bad team. No, no, they're they're definitely uh, up there, and I think you know you got to put us top of the conference right now, given on what we've done. I mean, we held Appalachian State scoreless for three and a half quarters. We gave them seven points with ten minutes to go in the first quarter, and we pretty much shut them out the rest of the game. There's a lot to be said for that. Um, uh, you know, and Abbey State's a good football team. they got a good running game, and I think our defensive line and our linebackers did a fantastic job. Our defensive secondary did an even better job of keeping the play inside the box and, you know, you know, keeping the quarterback from making those big downfield throws. I think we played a great game, and I hope it continues. Yeah, I I think the good news here is you got a quarterback that likes to, to really work, get better. Sure, you'd like to have that kid out there playing a game, but – it's not like he's sitting around playing PlayStation. The kid it goes in the room and works every day. I like Grant Wells. I, I think right now this team is a better team with him than it would have oh, been um, with with Green. I really believe if Green was a quarterback. I, I don't know Marshall beats Appalachian State. No, and I agree with that. And I even told my dad that. I said, you even played EKU. I said, I don't think that I don't think that Green puts up that kind of points. I just don't. And that's nothing against the kid. I just think Grant Wells is uh, is better suited for the herd offense. I think he's just better suited for this team. Well, they've done a really good job of uh, getting him um, worked in at a very good pace. They've allowed him to do things that go to his strengths. Uh, and I even go back to the Eastern Kentucky game. You know, they started him out with a couple of quick cross routes, quick you know, a couple of quick passes out of backfield, and they let him cut it loose. You know, and the tight ends did a fantastic job running the seam routes and getting open and. They made they made him look like an all star in that game, and, and and I'll be honest, I mean against Appalachian State, I mean he had some moments in the first half where, you know, he made some freshman mistakes. But I think they've done a really good job of keeping the game in front of him and giving him. I mean, you you can't ask for a better offensive line, and I I think that goes to a lot of the credit. Um, is we've done a really good job of keeping people off his back. I agree. That that line is really taken to him. I'm trying to figure out which which is the access bowl this year. Uh, it's going to be, let's see, the Rose Bowl game is a semifinal game with the All-State Sugar Bowl. The um, championship game is going to be played at Hard Rock. Cotton Bowl, at-large versus at-large. Chick-fil-A, Peach Bowl, at-large versus at-large. Um, PlayStation, Fiesta Bowls, at-large, at-large. Um, I'll take the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, think of it this way. If you're Marshall, you have a great season, you get to go to the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, you're walking away with the PlayStation 5. Come on, that's where you want to go. Absolutely, that's the. I'm <laughs> and I would, I, I, I would make that trip to Arizona, 100. percent Yeah, same here. But still, if if the herd gets to go to the Fiesta Bowl and it's the PlayStation Festival, these kids, the first thing is win the game. The second game, the second thing is, hey, make sure they ship the PlayStation Five to this address. Make get get it right. here. I mean, that would be the best Christmas gift these kids could get: going to play an Access Bowl game, winning it possibly, and getting a PlayStation Five. I always said that that was the best incentive for a college kid to go to any bowl game was getting a was getting a brand new PlayStation. Oh yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I mean I'll take that as an I'll take that as a forty year old adult any day of the week. Yeah, especially <laughs> this year, especially the first year a new system comes out. Yeah, I mean Xbox should get in on this. Hey, we could have an Xbox Bowl. The um, 
I, I don't know. Absolutely. Well, what's, a, what's a big, you know, Capital One's not giving up the Orange Bowl, so uh, we got to figure out right. a, a game they could play. You can go to Seattle and play the Xbox Bowl. There you go. I like it. Yeah, because we don't have enough bowl games. Hey, seriously. No, you don't. You don't have to, yeah, you're playing on, you know, you get, you get the pinstripe bowl where you're on one, everybody's on one sideline, so why not? I like it. I like it. Hey, thanks for taking my call, man. I really appreciate it. No problem. Anytime. Thanks for checking in. We're going to do it again at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Paul Swan, your host for today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. we got a lot of things happening. Of course, coming up tonight, we've got Huntington High taking on Parkersburg. That is set. We'll have it for you. 730 is going to be kick. We'll find out tomorrow what the color-coded map, the one map to rule them all, will look like as far as what the school systems can do the following week. Campbell County is in green, so hopefully that means uh, Campbell County will continue to be in green on that map. I haven't checked in a few days. All I know is Campbell County has been green or was green, so we've got football action tonight. And, of course, with that said, if you can't listen to the game on the radio, we've got several ways for you to tune in tonight. You can go to our website and just click on the player there at wrvc.com. You can also download our app on the, either the Apple or the Android store. It's real simple. Just search ESPN 94.1. Look for our particular station. There are a few stations there. And if you've got an Amazon Echo device, it's real simple. You go to our website and you can download the link or click the link, get to the Amazon skill. You enable the skill. And after that, you can just tell your Alexa, your Echo device, say, Alexa, play ESPN 94.1. After you've enabled the skill, it'll load the radio station skill and you can listen to the game that way. It's an easy way for me. I don't have to remember you know, okay, do I need to go to the website? No, no, it's real easy. Just do it once and then tell the Echo. And let me tell you, Amazon just released some new Echoes for pre-order. They're nicer than ever. I, I've got I've got the latest, or I did have the latest dot on my desk over here at the office, and it sounds great. I've got one of the original shows in my house, and I haven't upgraded to one of the new ones yet, but they're looking better and better right now. This is definitely... Uh, taken off. This is how I listen to the radio station now for the most part. I don't even use the app on my phone. I use the, the skill on my Echo and it sounds great and the speakers are just getting better and better. All right, we're going to continue on. Get your phone calls in at 877-420-TALK 877-420-8255 More coming up. It's The Drive ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition of the show. That's right, we're wrapping it up here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented this hour by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lake phone line at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. And I really didn't even get a chance to get into one of the bigger items today. It's not one of the biggest ticket items, but still it's important. The November 14th game versus MTSU has been moved to 12 p.m. by CBS Sports Network. So Middle Tennessee, that game moved now. It was set for 1.30, and that means it's now high noon. That means the annual Memorial Fountain Ceremony is now going to take place at 9 a.m. 
We don't have all the details just yet. Haven't seen a release on that, but Marshall making it known today on social media that the game time had been changed. CBS Sports Network making that change. So Marshall is going to get at least a a higher profile game, maybe high noon, one of the first games. November 14th is a long way off. Right now as it stands, unless something else has changed and I missed, the next game is set for 7.30 p.m. on Stadium. And again, unless I've missed a time change, so if I have, uh, tweet at me. But CBS Sports Network will have the game on the 17th. I think that's at 6 p.m. if I've written it down correctly. Uh, I wrote this out a couple weeks ago. October 24th, uh, Stadium is at 2.30 p.m. with the FAU. And then the FIU game is CBS Sports Network. That's a 7 p.m. game on the 30th. And then you got November 7th off unless that game is, well, at least that date's filled with some other's team to maybe make up a date. Then November 14th, that's going to be a noontime game on CBS Sports Network. And then November 21st, 12.30 p.m. on Stadium. So that's what the schedule looks like as far as I've got it written down. Again, if I've made a mistake, at me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. I'll make sure to get that corrected at least on my end I'm going day by day, week by week. I I really you you gotta you gotta come up with ways to to carry this for a couple of weeks because we've got this weekend without a game, and then we've got an entire another week without a game, and then we can start getting into sort of that game week mentality again. Maybe as soon as October 4th, October 3rd, maybe you just start thinking, okay, it's game week. Sure, the herd should be playing today. Let's just go ahead and get into that mood and that mode. Things are going to be completely different here for at least another week or so because what do we talk about? Not in one open week, but two open weeks. we got two open weeks to talk about what's going on here. And then the Western Kentucky game. And I'm excited for that game at least. I I really am excited for that game because – I think Marshall's got a great chance in it. I think Marshall's got a great chance in all these games. And with the exception of Louisiana Tech, as our caller mentioned earlier on the program, if you missed your opportunity to call, you can do so on Monday at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Is that maybe that's the toughest game on the schedule? I don't know. Maybe UAB gets put on this schedule. Maybe UAB gets put on this schedule, as I've heard. That's some of the rumor going on. That's all unsubstantiated right now. But maybe you get a, a replacement game, and it's UAB. That'll be a tough game. But again, you've already lost one road game in conference because of Old Dominion. You know, does Marshall try to hang on to that home game? Three non—I'm sorry, three conference games at home and. Four home games from conference? I would. I would try to hang on to that as much as I possibly could. Because, again, that's worked out for Marshall so far, the way Marshall's been able to allow fans in the stadium to control as much as possible the social distancing. And think about it this way. So far, you've done it right at Marshall. Florida State, football fans, get this. Football fans not wearing a mask during home games will be asked to put on a mask or leave the event. Now, why wasn't that standard to begin with? So they're going to enforce stricter policies. Additionally, FSU students planning to attend home football games for the remainder of the season 
you, you must test negative for COVID-19 during the week prior to the game. So get this. Not only you got to wear your mask, which, of course, that should have been happening to begin with. If you have been skirting the rules, well, this is your fault now. And if you don't put your mask on, you're going to be shown the exit, and you got to shoot a negative test. I mean, when do you do that? Do you shoot that on Tuesday, Wednesday? Like, okay, we're going to take that test. So you got to test negative for COVID-19 during the week prior to the game. Mandates also include that students who do not get tested during the available periods will not be eligible for a football ticket. So this policy goes into effect immediately ahead of the October 3rd game against Jacksonville State. I mean, you can't make the fans do this. You can't tell your season ticket holder, your big green booster, you can't tell them, hey, you know what, you're going to have to go shoot a negative on a COVID test before we let you in. But you could say, look, if you're a student, you got to adhere to this or you're not getting in. How would that play? Seriously, how would that play? I don't think that's going to happen, but how would that one play? FSU, they got some issues down in Florida. But still, wear the masks. It's not that hard. Wear the masks. Get a nice Kelly green one. Get one with the Marshall logo on it. It's it's real easy. I'm sure the bookstore is selling you plenty of masks right now, branded masks. You don't even have to order it from the bookstore. You can get a different color mask. In it. Just wear the mask, right? Come on, wear the mask. That's, that's something else, isn't it? Just to say, look, if you want to come to the game, student, if you want to come to the game, you got to test negative. And we're going to give you an opportunity to test. Here, here it is. Here's the opportunity. We're, we're not going to put you out or anything other than the little test up your nose. But if you want to come to this game, we're going to test you. We're, we're going to test you and make sure that you're not carrying the COVID-19 in you if you want to see FSU football. Hey, what's, what's next? Seriously, what's next to, to try to, to make sure that this is a safe environment? I, I don't know. I mean, you can have the hand sanitizer all over the place. You can have the social distancing, which, depending on your venue, maybe maybe isn't being enforced. But it sounds like Florida State's really taking this super serious as far as making sure everyone does what they need to do. I don't know how that would fly with Marshall fans. I really don't. As far as Marshall students, I would love to see more Marshall students participate. So I don't know if denying herd fans a ticket and student body is going to um, encourage them. I could be wrong, but I'd love to see more participation from the students. It would it would be nice just to see more students when allowed back in the stadium. I should never see an empty student section. I don't want to see a – once we get back to where we can have actual full stadiums again, I don't want to see an empty section over there at the student section. But – you know, FSU, it's a big deal. You know, students are really into the football. So if you want to go, you're taking that test. It's not a bad idea. I mean, it's not a bad idea. It helps also if you got a lot of negatives, it helps with the numbers. The more you get tested, the more you can find out if someone's got it or not. Or you can say, look, the uh, infection rate's down. We've done these, um, these tests. and Because really – You've got a huge population 
of students, uh, depending on where they're at, remote learning or on campus, wherever you go, that might not be a bad idea. I mean, already you're testing students on campus, but to tie it in with your football ticket, that's something else right there. I mean, you could say, look, okay, if you want a ticket, you come here on this date, get your test, and if you pass, you get a ticket for the game. Not, we're going to have X amount of tickets on this day. I would tie that in. Like, look, okay, here you are. Time for your, your normal COVID test. And if you test negative, we'll have your ticket for you. That could be a way to do it. I mean, after all, it serves two purposes. One, making sure that your student population is, is doing okay and they're not maybe asymptomatic and, and carrying. And the other hand, also makes you a little responsible thinking, okay, I, I got to do the right things here. I got to wear the mask, got to stay away from large gatherings, got to make sure that I'm not in a situation where I could potentially catch COVID because I got to see the herd. I got to see the herd on October 24th beat up on FAU. That's going to do it for this edition. Bengals coming up on Sunday, taking on the Eagles. Bengals are going to win that matchup. Write it down. Bengals beat the Eagles. You'll listen to it right here. 1 o'clock is going to be kicked. Sunday afternoon football on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Also, Tom Brenneman resigning from his position with the Cincinnati Reds and Fox Sports Ohio. This is about a month after he used that homophobic slur on the air. It was an open mic during a Fox Sports Ohio Reds broadcast. And so he released a statement today. And he said that he is going to step away from his role as the television voice of the Cincinnati Reds. Ending probably one of the longest runs of a family being associated broadcasting-wise with a team. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you on Monday. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.